Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. What a wonderful morning. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I shall be glad and rejoice in it. Exciting times, you guys. I want to welcome you to the Building Christian Fellowship uh, live stream, you guys. This is just a monumental time for us as a church and a ministry. As most of you guys know, that we are going through all kinds of construction right now. We have demoed the sanctuary and we are building the new classrooms. We are on a, uh, I guess you could say, downhill uh, sprint to finishing uh, part of the vision that God has given us, not in building a big building, but being able to have a bigger footprint on our city. Because as you guys know, that the building is not just a church in Susun City, but it's a church for Susun City. So I just want to uh, thank you guys for joining in with us uh, this morning. We're going to get into some word. Uh, and I am just very pleased that all of you that had decided to get together, join together to have these watch parties and still not just go to church, but become the church. So today, let's get into our word. Um, I got an exciting word for all of us that, to share that I know that God's going to bless us. So before I uh, even get to reading, let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now for this time. We thank you for this moment. Uh, we thank you for technology that is allowing us to be together and not forsake the fellowship. Um, Lord, I thank you that your word still is true, that where two or three are gathered in your name, that you are present, Lord, that you are be there in the midst. So I thank you right now, Lord, that our ears are open to hear your word, our hearts are prepared to receive the engrafted word of God, which will save our souls. Lord, we thank you right now that um, we will not be the same after this word today. I thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. We declare that today we will not be the same. We will be chastised, challenged, and changed in the very presence of God. And we thank you for this in the mighty, magnificent, and matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Everybody said amen. 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 So we have a word today, and, and what I want to talk about is a couple of weeks I started a series um, about standing in the storm. And um, my wife last week preached, uh, uh, give me bread or give me death. And, and uh, it, was, it was a wonderful word. Uh, I thank you guys for praying for me and my family uh, during this time. Uh, I hate to say it a time of loss because uh, it, even though they're not here, it's heaven's gain uh, for my aunt, uh, Willie Pearl Butcher, uh, who is a faithful servant of the Lord for over 40 years of her life at one church. And it was just a blessing to be there amongst family and to celebrate the life of a servant of God. But was saying that is, you know, for my uncle who lost a wife of over 58 years, 59 years, there's storms that comes in our lives. And, and we want to talk about some of these storms. So if you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, uh, 24 through 27. And I have to tell you guys that every person, regardless of their spirituality or lack of spirituality, will experience storms in their life. So Matthew 7, 24 and 27 reads this. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not. 
for it was founded upon the rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Listen, at one time or another, we have all experienced storms in our lives. And perhaps right now you're going through a storm in your life. Maybe it's a storm of sickness. Maybe it's a storm of depression. Maybe it's a financial storm or, or a relationship storm, whatever it is. Storms can take different forms in all of our lives, but they all share one thing in common. And that's it. That's this. A storm is either going to blow you towards the feet of Jesus or a storm is going to blow you away from the feet of Jesus. The first thing that we have to know about trouble is, listen very carefully, God is not punishing you. God is not punishing you when you have storms. Trouble simply uh, is because we live in a world full of tribulation. Not only that, we also have to evaluate ourselves because God is not mocked. Whatever man soweth, that shall he also reap. A lot of stuff that we're, we're, we're experiencing is because that's what we reaped. John 16, says this, In the world you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And if Christ has overcome the world and you have Christ in you, then you too are also an overcoming. The second truth that we have to discover in this verse is this. If you are a doer of the word, the house of your life will not fall when the storms come. Jesus said that a doer, can I, can I, can I say that again? Did somebody hear that? A doer of his word will not be shaken when the storm come. It says, watch this. Not only will these storms come to destroy you, but he said, you won't even be shaken. That's, that's incredible. If you're a doer of the word, when, when the storms come and they're coming, God says, listen, you won't fall, but not only will you not fall, you will not be shaken. That is awesome. And that's the kind of peace that I want in my life. Now, is there a storm in your life that's hitting you right now? Now, if you've recently been shaken by a storm, you need to ask yourself, is there an area of my life that I'm not doing God's word. If you're experiencing some kind of storm, and, and, and most Christians do this, when something is going wrong, we sit down and go, where am I not doing the word? Doing the word. Notice I didn't say speaking the word. Notice I didn't say reciting verses. I said doing the word. The basic issue isn't the lack of faith. And it's not a lack of knowledge because verse 24 says this, whosoever heareth. So we must be talking about those that have heard the word. We've all heard the word, but are we all doing the word? Verse 24, I'll read it. Whosoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them, the key to weathering the storm of life unaffected is doing the word. We can assume that people have heard the word and we can assume because they heard the word that they had some kind of faith. Why do I say that? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So because they heard, they had faith. But this isn't a faith issue. This isn't a hearing issue. 
This is a doing issue. So if you have faith and you have the word, you're asking me, I have faith, pastor. I have the word, pastor. Then how would I fail? How would I, I still have faith in God? I, I, I still know the God's word. But why am I still shaking when these storms hit? Why am I? Why is my house falling when the storm hit? I'm going to tell you, James 20, uh, 2 and 20 says this, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Let me give you a good example of this. Someone who believes it is better and more healthy for them to quit smoking. They believe and they know that if they quit smoking, they'll be healthy, but they don't quit smoking. They'll never benefit from not smoking unless they do what they know. See, you know the word, but do you do the word? How are you going to stand in the storm unless you do the word. The bottom line isn't about what you believe, although I don't want to minimize the importance of faith. It's all about what you do. Someone uh, has a sick friend, and I want you to listen to this. Some of you might have a sick friend, and you decide to do exactly what James chapter 5, uh, 14 and 15 says. It says, if there's any sick among you, call upon the elders of the church, that they will anoint them, and they lay hands on them, and they will pray, and, and that they might be healed, all right? And it says, and the prayer of faith shall save. Listen, the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. Now, in a sincere desire, the word says here, they call upon the elders of the church to anoint their friend. They anoint them with oil. They pray a prayer and the prayer includes this, Lord, if it be your will, heal them. God, if it be in your will, touch their body, raise them up right now in the name of Jesus. Now let's ask ourselves this question. Did the person that was praying do, the, do what God said in the word? I would say no. The passage in James said the prayer of faith will save the sick. There was no prayer of faith. What it was is, God, if it be your will, that's not a prayer of faith. A prayer of faith is, in the name of Jesus, I claim you to be healed. In the name of Jesus, from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, I call your body to come in line with the word of God right now. In the name of Jesus, I claim the authority of, of healing over your body. In Jesus' name, get up and walk. That's a prayer of faith. If it's the Lord's will, then it will happen. If not, then it doesn't. But it's about the prayer of faith. It's about doing the word, not being soft and going, God, if it's your will. God, we all know it's gonna be God's will and God's will is for us to move in faith and talk in faith and walk in faith is to do the word of God. Now, here's another pitfall that leads many people to mistaken conclusions that the word isn't working in their lives. They evaluate how well they're doing the word only in the area in which they are having trouble. In other words, if the storm uh, in my life is hitting my finances, I'm going to check to see if I'm doing the word in my finances. So if, if, if a storm of life is hitting me in my marriage uh, with my wife, I'm going to step back and I'll start determining, well, I'm doing the word. So uh, according to my wife, I'm honoring my wife. I'm loving my wife. I'm, I'm loving her as Christ loves the church. I've, I've given my life for her. I laid my life down. But yet 
I'm still having this problem in relationship with my wife. So I'm evaluating only in the area of my relationship with my wife because I'm having trouble with my wife. Well, that's not the case. Disobedience is a blanket and it covers every area of your life. So you could be disobedient with not giving and not serving and start having trouble in other areas in your life. It doesn't have to be uh, because I'm not serving at church, I'm having problems at church. No, you could not be a tither and still have trouble in your in your family and in your finances. You can have trouble with other relationships. So this is a pitfall that we have as Christians. We figure if we don't do the word in one area that we're not going to... Um, that, we're, that everything else is going to be fine and we'll only have trouble in that area that we're, we're being disobedient in. That's not the truth. I need to address some of you guys the saying uh, these things to yourselves is because I can give you some, some different scenarios. There was a guy named Aiken and he stole. And the whole thing with Aiken was Aiken didn't have problems with people coming to steal his stuff because he stole somebody else's stuff. It was his disobedience that not only cursed his family, but it cursed everybody else around him. You guys got to understand, if you want to avoid some storms in your life, you need to start being doers of the word. Don't make the mistake of deciding whether or not you are doing the word by just evaluating the area in which crisis has come. Be honest with yourself. You know God's word is true. Realize that if the storm is shaking you, it's not nobody else's fault. God says, if we do the word, you'll pass through this adversity without being shaken. Ask God to show you where you are not doing the word. That's how we find out. If I'm having problems in my finances, but I'm a faithful tither, I'm a great giver, but I'm still having problems in my finances, I need to go to the Lord and begin to ask him, God, why is this storm hitting me? It's not anybody else's fault. It's my fault. Where am I being disobedient to your word? God will reveal it to you. Now, at this point, I need to address those of you who might be saying to yourselves, listen, pastor, I don't know all the word yet. I only I only been saved for a short period of time and I haven't read all the word. I don't know all the Bible, uh, much less, uh, you know, can quote scripture. How am I ever going to make it? How am I going to make it through these storms? Because in verse 24, it says, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine. I haven't heard everything that Jesus has said. Listen, first of all, let me say this. Don't avoid hearing the word of God in order to try not to be accountable for it. A lot of us do that. A lot of us go, well, I didn't know. Well, let me help you out because in Hosea chapter four, verse six, it says this. My people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Look, it's up to you to get the word in you. That's why we, we always tell you, get in your word, be at church, be around other saints that are speaking the word, Bible studies. We have many things for you so that you'll know the word. So once you know the word, you can start doing the word. These are storms you can avoid. Now, as we've seen in the word, storms are going to come to everyone, but some people experience storms unnecessarily. Could that be you? Let me tell you some things why we experience storms unnecessarily. Number one, we experience storms unnecessarily, one, because of disobedience. Jonah is one example of someone who could have avoided a storm, not to mention three days in the belly of a fish. If he hadn't disobeyed God, 
Jonah wouldn't have had to go through everything he went through. Jonah chapter one, verse one says, now the word of the Lord came to Noah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for the wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish for the present, from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea and the sea ceased um, from raging. I skipped from four to 15. Verse 16, then men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Listen, some storms come simply because we are just disobedient. As you realize, Jonah, it said the word of the Lord came to Jonah. How many times has the word of God come to you and you deliberately went the opposite way? And when you go the opposite way that God told you to go, storms hit and you're left sitting here thinking, what's going on? What's happening? Why is it happening to me? It's because of your disobedience. Listen, the word of God isn't always going to come to you in a big thundering cloud in a burning bush. The word of God comes to you in the word of God. It comes to you right here in your Bible. And we, we, we overlook this sometimes. The word of God's also going to come to you from your leaders, from your pastors, and your elders, these words come to you, but sometimes you just, you, you don't want to do the word of God and you get to this point that when the storms of life hit, you want to blame everybody else. But you know what? Jonah in this story realized that the storm had hit that ship and that everybody around him was suffering because of his disobedience. Saints of God, who else is suffering because of your disobedience? What friends? What family, your children, your wife are suffering because you are being disobedient. And finally, Jonah came to himself and said, you know what? I know why this storm is hitting us. It's my fault. Now, now at this point, he's not repentant. He just realized he's being disobedient. And because he was, the guys threw him over, over the ship. And when they threw him over the ship and got rid of this disobedient person out of their lives, this is a twofold story. You got, got, they got rid of the disobedient person in their life. They saw that the storm stopped for those that were with them. But the trouble really just began for Jonah. So that's the second story. For you guys, they got a bunch of disobedient people around you. Throw them off the ship. You know what that ship is? Your relationship. Throw them off the relationship. You can put that. That's a message. Anyway. So we see it's our disobedience. Now, please. Don't misunderstand. God doesn't bring storms to punish you, but disobedience uh, is another way of saying failure to do the word will open you up to storms you might otherwise have barely even noticed. When you're disobedient, you're going to notice the wind blowing and it's going to blow on you hard. In uh, Jonah chapter two, verse two, it said, and I and I said, and I cried by reason of my infliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell cry, I, and thou heardest my voice, for thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods um, compassed me about. 
All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again unto the holy temple. The waters compassed me about even to the soul. The depth closed me around about. The weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars were about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord, my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remember the Lord. My prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercies, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord, and the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. How do we get through a storm like that? I mean, I just read that and I'm sitting there trying to imagine everything he was gone through. He described his situation as hell. He was wrapped up in weeds. He's in the belly of a fish. The fish is sitting at the bottom of the ocean. And he's sitting there and you would think that God has forgotten about you. If you're in a storm because of your own doing. God has, God has not forgotten about you. But there was one thing that God did that, that, that touched God's heart that Jonah did. He repented. He repented and remembered the goodness of God. And God caused that fish to spit him up out onto dry land. So we must learn to repent for our disobedience. Your storm will then deposit you back upon the shore and you can go on with your life being obedient to the Lord. Now, here's the second reason why storms come in our lives, because you are being obedient and you're doing the will of God. You guys are like, wait a minute. Wait, what? You mean because I'm doing what God told me to, a storm's going to come? Yes, saints. Yes. Mark chapter four, verse 35. We'll start at 35. And it reads this. In the same day when the Eden was come, he said unto them, let us pass to the other side. Let me take you somewhere else. Now they were obedient. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beaten to the ship so that it was now full. And when the hinder part of the ship, Jesus was asleep on the billow and they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? They encountered a storm that nearly sank the ship. The enemy doesn't want you moving forward, saints, with God, and he will try to hinder you if he can. Verse 39, and he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Listen, how do you deal with the kind of storm that comes when you're doing what God tells you to do? Can I just stop for a second and just give you a quick testimony? When the Lord told us to start this ministry, I never thought we'd be where we're at now. But as soon as we started this ministry, as soon as we opened up and had our first uh, ministry going on, our first uh, service on Claybank Road, my daughter got sick. And she wasn't just sick, she was deathly ill. And because she was deathly ill, 
It was a storm that hit my life and I had a choice. Do I continue to be obedient with what God was doing or do I stop and go tend to my, my family? Well, actually, I didn't stop. I did both. I kept doing what God told me to do. I pushed through the hard storms and I prayed the prayer of faith. I laid hands on my daughter after her being in the hospital for weeks, after the, after the doctors gave up on her, after they told us there's nothing more we could do, we can make her comfortable. My wife and I prayed, we laid hands on her, we prayed the prayer of faith, and my daughter the very next morning woke up with life in her eyes, with breath in her lungs. She is still with us today. God says, he said, John, he said, Kaya, I am giving you a piece of heaven on earth. And she is our piece of heavenly butcher that is here with us. And I'm, I'm trying to keep from shouting right now that God is, is, is a healer. When you're being obedient to his word, he will give you the authority of over all that of the enemy. He said that we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. Praise God. So how do we deal with these kind of storms? We have to do as Jesus did. Jesus said, peace, be still. He got him, said, peace, be still. And there was a great calm. Now, in my mind, I like to, to say that the peace be still when he spoke to the storm and the winds and they stopped. Sometimes you could be in a storm and still have peace. Sometimes you could be in a storm and still have calm because as we read earlier, it says that the winds will come, they will blow and they will beat upon your house and the house will not fall and you won't be shaken. What does it mean to be shaken? Being shaken is the absence of being calm. Being shaken is the absence of peace. When there's storms of life that are happening, we have to understand I'm being obedient to God. These are just contrary winds that are blowing, trying to keep me from the will and the plan and the purpose of God. And that because I'm being obedient, I can stand in the middle of this storm, raise my hands and declare peace in Jesus name. Not that the storm's going to stop, but that I will receive the peace of God that God has for me because he is the Prince of Peace, and if the Prince of Peace is in me, and I am doing the Word of God, then I will have peace in the midst of the storm. Somebody say, Amen. Praise God. The Apostle Paul also encountered a storm on his way to Rome in Acts chapter 27, verse 9. He knew that the Lord's will was to take him uh, uh, to Rome, but, but somehow Paul was on this ship, and uh, he wasn't going the direction that he was supposed to go. And, and just to make this long story short, that, that Paul was a prisoner of somebody else, but God had a plan for Paul to be somewhere else. God caused a great storm to hit that ship and it destroyed the ship to make sure that Paul was going to be obedient. Sometimes there's storms in your lives. And I say that to you because God may have a plan and purpose for your life and you're not able to do it. Maybe you're a youngster and in your family, your parents don't aren't believers. Uh, maybe you're at your job and, and, and you're a believer and God's telling you to do something, but you still have to be obedient and, and you have to submit to the authorities that are over you. But God has a plan for you. If your authorities are trying to do something against what God has said in your life, then you let God take care of that. You let God create the storm to shipwreck everybody else's plan so that the plan of God for your life will go forward. Can I get an amen? Now, listen, in both of these cases, problems were because of others. Listen, the key to, in, to endure these storms, when you're in a storm of disobedience, you need to repent. When you're in a storm of obedience, you need to speak. And when you're in the storm because of others, you need to have patience. 
Listen, smooth sailing through the storms of life is not only a benefit of being a doer of the word, it will keep you um, from deception as well. We see the truth in James chapter 1, 23 through 24, which encourages us to, to be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving our own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his face in glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgets what he looks like. You see, the Bible is like a mirror. You really don't know who you are until Christ reveals yourself uh, in the mirror of the Bible. In it, we're going to see that we are healed, delivered, we're prosperous and set free. If you hear it on Sunday, but you don't do it on Monday, you'll soon forget who you are in Christ. You won't remember that you are healed and you won't, you'll only deal with the storm of sickness and you'll be tossed to and fro and, and you'll get lost in the storm and you'll be shipwrecked. And these are storms that you can avoid if you just do the word. Verse 25, it says, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Saints of God, we can't just hear the word. We got to do the word. If we want to avoid these storms in life, we have to start doing the word of God. The Lord is promising you here that if you do the word, you will be blessed in whatever we do. We will be overtaken by blessings and God will bless us because we do it, not just hear it. So let me encourage you. Don't blame your lack of blessings or success on your boss or your spouse. Don't blame it on your color. Don't blame it on your economic, social economic status or background. Don't blame it on anything else. Accept full responsibility for the condition of your own life. As we've seen in the word, if you are being shaken by the storms of life, it's because somewhere you haven't been doing the word or you're doing the word and the storms are coming. We must humble ourselves enough to allow the truth in our hearts. When you do, you can honestly say to God, show me where I'm missing it. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I purpose to make whatever changes I need to make in my life. God, show me right now what it is. And, and, and the Holy Spirit will direct you and help you. He's the helper and help you be obedient in that area of your life to be a doer of the word. That's when you'll be in position to walk in blessings, to walk in prosperity, and to walk in success. Now, as I close, as I bring this to the close, and I would at this time bring uh, Atira up to the piano, I want to share with you guys that while we're doing this build, we are doing what God has told us to do. God says that, listen, soon that word means strong wind. And there's a strong wind of God desiring to blow through the city of Susun, the revival to hit. My wife said, can anything good come out of Susun? Yes, it's you. But my obedience to the word isn't going to do it. It's got to be our obedience to the word together, collectively, as a body of Christ, coming together, finishing what we've started. We've counted the cost. And I know since we started, and I can tell you, we have hit storm after storm after storm. Some of these storms have been because of disobedience and some of these storms have been because 
Um, we're doing what God says. And some of these storms have happened because of people we've been tied to. But through all of them, we have repented. We are doing what thus saith the Lord and prosperity and blessings is hitting our church. It's overflowing in our church. And my challenge to you is, do you want to be a doer of the word? Do you want to be a part of this? Are you all in? Listen, saints, you guys come and show up next week, December 1st. I encourage you. It is going to be an awesome service. We are inviting every all-in member of the Building Christian Fellowship to be at 207 Marina Center right there in Susun City so that we can have a nice acoustic service. We're going to have uh, worship. We're going to have word. We're going to have encouragement. And we're going to do something that will be monumental for the history of the Building Christian Fellowship. It's up to you if you want to take part. Be obedient to God's word. Don't forsake the fellowship of the saints. Listen, I had a great time with you guys. I missed you all this Sunday. I'm glad you got together. But let me go ahead and pray us out. And um, I can't wait to see you uh, next Sunday. But for all of you guys that are your hardcore Bible-thumping believers, I'll see you Tuesday night. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this word. Uh, we thank you, Lord, uh, that we'll take it and hide it in our hearts that we might not sin against you. As we leave from this place, Lord, I thank you that you said you would never leave us nor forsake us. Give us traveling mercies. Lord, bless the fellowship of all of the saints today, Lord. Let it be more edifying than it ever has before for us. Lord, we love you. We thank you and believe you in everything that you're doing. Lord, I ask right now, just by the move of the Spirit, Lord, that those that are in groups right now, Lord, that if there's any sick among them right now, Lord, I send the word to them right now and they are healed. In Jesus' name, I love you and I thank you. Lord, let the med meditation, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys go with God. God bless you.